The following program is being brought to you on the Voice America Variety Channel. For more information about our network and to check our additional show hosts and topics of interest, please visit voiceamericavariety.com. The Voice America Talk Radio Network is the worldwide leader in live Internet talk radio. Visit voiceamerica.com. The views and ideas expressed on the following program are strictly those of the host or guests and do not necessarily reflect the views and ideas held by the Voice America Talk Radio Network, its staff, and management. The following program is for informational and educational purposes only. This program does not replace medical, mental health, or psychological diagnosis and treatment prescribed by your personal physician, psychologist, therapist, or other health care provider. Please consult your provider for diagnosis and care before beginning or changing any program or idea discussed. Welcome to Psych Up Live with your host, Dr. Suzanne Phillips. If you're experiencing life, and we know you are, you may have a variety of questions about relationships, family issues, personal goals, coping with the unexpected, and much more. Today, you will hear some answers from a psychological perspective, and you may just take away something that fits. Here is Dr. Suzanne Phillips. Welcome to Psych Up Live. I'm your host, Suzanne Phillips. And we have a very interesting show for you today. Have you read any fairy tales lately? You know, we read fairy tales to the little innocent people in our lives. But the message of fairy tales is far from innocent. Think about it. Mothers almost always die. Fathers end up with terrible second marriages to women who become wicked, at times homicidal stepmothers, stepmothers in general really have an issue with this, children ultimately escape, but if it's a female child, her only chance of being saved, much less having a life happily ever after, is being found by a prince who falls in love with her at first sight. The message is not an easy one. Well, today we're going to hear another version of that message. Our guest is Sandra Reese. She's the host of Straight Talk with Sandra Reese on Voice America. And she'll be discussing her best-selling book, Once Upon a Time, How Cinderella Grew Up and Became a Happy, Empowered Woman. Sandra Reese is the clinical director of the Montreal Center for Anxiety and Depression. She's the co-director of Empowered Women Workshops. She's done anxiety videos, and she runs Empowered Couple Retreats. Her expertise has been featured on many radio and TV shows, including Discovery Health's Accident Investigator, Global TV's Good Morning Live, and she will be featured as the expert on the upcoming series called As a Matter of Fact on the Topic of Stress. Sandra Reich, it is my pleasure to welcome you to Psych Up Live. Oh, I'm so honored to be here with you, Suzanne. You are such an inspiration. Okay, thank you so much. So, Sandra, I have four questions at once, so I'll start. <laughs> what, what made you write this book? Well, that's really a great question because it sort of tells the story. So the truth of the matter is that um, there were two two pulls going on all the time. One, my own personal pull, and one being the other one being my professional pull. So I'll start with the professional. On the professional, I kept seeing women in my office over and over again who were smart, dynamic, beautiful, 
incredible women. And they kept finding themselves in relationships where they were being treated very poorly. And I wondered about that. And then on a personal level, um, I related to those women. And my friend and I, who I co-authored with, a very close friend of mine and another clinician, found ourselves also facing some of the traps that women get into. And we got curious about it. And we used to talk about it and plow through it together. And one thing led to another. We ended up opening a company called Empowered Women Workshops based on these themes of these traps that women fall into. Uh, The demand was great. And one thing led to another. And we decided to write the book to explain how we get into this trouble. Okay, that sounds terrific. So let's, as a backdrop, just give our listeners a few of the glimpses that you and your co-author had when you looked a little more closely at these fairy tales, and then tell us about some of these traps. Okay, so, well, first of all, you did a great intro, um, because fairy tales, if you really look at them, I mean, and we start early in life as little girls hearing, um, you know, like you well said, one day my prince will come. Um, there is certainly some female hatred in fairy tales. You, you highlighted that. I appreciated that. And um, there is, again, this emphasis that you'll be completed at some point when somebody comes to rescue you. We grow up with these ideas. So for women, love becomes... Um, a much, much more comprehensive thing than for men. And again, we love love, but we don't love you complete me. We don't Mm -hmm. love that. Mm. So if we grow up hearing that all the time, one day my prince will come and the happiest day of my life is going to be when I get married. I mean, we watch shows like The Bachelor. I'm guilty of that too. And there's this sense that... um, my, I will be a full woman when somebody, a man, loves me. So the problem is that then your interpretation is that you're not a fully empowered person until that moment. And that's giving a lot of power to someone else. So that leads us a little bit into the first trap. I know you wanted me to mention the traps. Yes. Okay, well, the first trap and the most common one for all women is caretaking. Uh, We are socialized as women to take care of other people. We learn it from our mothers early in life. And um, we look out for other people. And it's a beautiful female quality to a point. Um, Then you combine this fairy tale thinking. And you figure if you take really good care of your man, uh, that will immunize yourself from any heartbreak. But the problem is that taking care of someone else does not actually elicit necessarily good behavior in the other person it might in fact elicit um, some narcissism and -hmm. I know you talk about that sometimes Suzanne I've seen on some of your shows that you talk about Mm -hmm. that dance between the caretaker and the narcissist Mm -hmm. it's a very common dance so caretaking is actually unless you're doing it professionally is actually believe it or not um, dysfunctional Uh, we're not supposed to be taking care of our partners we're supposed to be loving them but actually we're supposed to take care of ourselves does that make sense? Yes, but let's let's add the caveat, and I'm going to go to Snow White on this one because I love the way you use the fairy tale. So, so Snow White is rescued by the dwarfs, but the trade-off is let's make it seven children. She's now cooking and cleaning yeah. for seven children. So yeah. then, then she does something for herself. She tries to buy a healthy fruit to eat it, and that's it. She dies. Yeah. She bites yeah. the apple. She dies, and we have to wait till Dad comes home. Yeah. To to somehow save her. But the, I think when you speak about caregiving, I think caregiving looks mutual when couples fall in love. It's almost automatic because he's giving, she's giving. Yes. Um, and then when we add the children and then we add both jobs for both, 
somehow women end up doing it all, expecting to do it all, and very little self-care is offered them because they don't take it, they don't ask for it, and they don't have time. I think that that's so well said. First of all, I love your analogy with Snow White. I mean, you really get this. Is uh, you really have it. And the other thing is that you're you're quite right. It starts off with you know mutual caretaking. But the thing is that when you're a caretaker per se, there is a secret wish of every caretaker. And believe it or not, if you're listening to this and you're a caretaker and you love taking care of other people, the secret wish of all caretakers is to be taken care of. Yes. But ironically, the more you take care of someone else, the less lightly you're going to be taken care of. Well, I think, and we've spoken before about this, I've worked with women, unbelievably talented professional women, and one woman literally said to me, I keep doing for him, and I have this feeling it's like I'm gathering coupons, and eventually (laughs) I'm going to trade them in, and he's going to just automatically help out with the chores or help around the house, And that never happened. And she just, you know, the expectation, just as you say, I'll do it and someone will do it in return. There are some men who will do that. And we have some really empowered men, new younger men who really, they're trying to do their share while they're also dealing with work situations that are not too acceptable of paternity time or anything like that. But many people, as you say, once you're caring for them, that's fine. Why would they cook if you insist on cooking? Well, I think that's well said, and I think it's important you're highlighting that it's a dance, because this is certainly not male bashing. I mean, I'm with the same guy for, you know, close to 20 years, and I call myself a recovering caretaker, because (laughs) I really do, because I really think caretakers really never stop really caretaking. They just get better at not, you know, understanding what's mine and what's yours. So I can tell you, it's very personal, but I can tell you that the early years of the marriage, um, when I was a massive caretaker, um, yeah, it's human nature. If you open the door, someone's going to walk through it. If I was doing everything, he wasn't helping as much and he wasn't as appreciative. Now, when I started to pull back on the caretaking and do a little bit more self-care, the dance changes. It is like dancing with someone. We changed from the salsa to the tango. And all of a sudden, when I did something, it was appreciated. So it's this is not male bashing because I'm with the same guy. And I think that, you know, in the first example, the first few years, I think that there was some exploitation, again, unconscious. But I I take full responsibility for that because I opened the door. And I think the same guy who now says he does, he swears when I tell him this that it wasn't him, but it was him. Um, I think the same guy, you know, is because I don't caretake so massively now, does not take me for granted and steps up to the plate. And I think as humans, and you're a psychologist, I'm sure you're going to agree with this, we're at our best when expectations are higher, not when people make it too easy for us. It doesn't bring out the best in us. Well, the expectations, though, have to be realistic. Of course, of course. But, I mean, not having stop signs on the street uh, does not make us behave better on the street. We need the stop signs. Mm -hmm. Well, one of the things that I think um, becomes really important for couples is to be able to communicate needs. Women have a tendency, I will own this, maybe you will, Women will wait till something's wrong, and then they will complain 
I'm the only one around here who does, or they will become silently resentful, or they'll become physically sick. And one of the problems is there's a tendency then to send the message that whenever she opens her mouth, in some way she's complaining, like, I did a blog um, on the book and on the idea of women never ask. It, particularly in the workplace, you'll see 35% of new young male employees ask for more money than they're offered. Only 7% of the women ask for it. They're sort of culturally set up not to make waves. But the problem is, and when I'll say that to men, they say, oh, please, she never stops asking. But what she's usually doing at that point is putting words to her at the end of her rope. She's not really collaborating, or we don't often say, let's think about the week and how realistic it is that either of us cook or that any of us try to clean and do the carpools. That's not going to happen. So there's not a kind of mutuality. And I'm asking men to think about this too. I say to couples, rather than identify one as the slave, try to be resourceful and collaborative because really most people have too much and too little time to do it in. I think that you say that very beautifully, and I think it's a really good point, because I think that women um, sometimes feel that men should know this, and I think right. that is a woman issue. I don't, I, you know, when I work with women, I, I definitely say, you know, you definitely want to ask for what you need, um, and you're quite right. Women will become resentful, and in couple therapy, as you probably know in research, once a woman checks out, when a man checks out, there's still a lot of hope for the couple, but once a woman checks out... There's not as much hope. The research supports that. So the problem is, you're right. A lot of women, that's a second trap we're going into. That's the martyr. will suffer in silence. But by the time they explode, it's too late. They're gone. Okay. So it's, again, we've got a dance. We've got the women saying that men should know. And we've got the men sort of not being curious. And so that plays out. Now, if there's one thing I think women can learn from men, and you really said this quite well with the jobs, is that men will speak when they're not happy. They will speak up. At the first boundary infraction, they'll speak. If there's not enough sex going on or something going on in the marriage, they're going to speak up about it, where women often will keep quiet, and as you said, the resentment will grow, and resentment becomes, like John Gray says, a flu, the resentment flu. And it starts to slowly seep away at love. And the other point on that is that I think that the fairy tales, that's another thing. We learn as women a lot about love. We don't learn nearly enough about respect. And uh, love without respect, and this is a direct line from my book, it dies. No Mm -hmm. respect, the love will not survive. And respect is very important. So your point of negotiating tasks is about respect. Mm. The other thing, the other line in your book that I really love is when you say there's a difference between kindness and caretaking. Oh, yeah. Yes. Because I really think that kindness and respect are key to a relationship working. I agree with you. You know, it's what, what is the expression? If you can't agree with me, at least be kind about what you're saying. Yeah. Um, uh, the other thing is I'm just going to, I'm going to add a little bit of a twist in this sense. I think the problem with both empowered men and empowered women is that they don't talk enough. When they finally speak up, even men at times are complaining. Now, one of our problems for Cinderella in the workplace is that a man can actually be more aggressive, take a risk, 
um, shoot out at a meeting what he thinks and people think of him as ambitious. Women do that and they're considered aggressive or they're considered bitches. And so there really still is a bias in certain places that women, once they know it, have to think about how they're going to work around it. There are some male managers, just like there are some husbands and lovers who just are very, very even-minded and openly respectful. That's not everyone. And when everyone's competing, um, one of the things Therese um, Huston says in her book about women making decisions is speak up. They need women's voices. They're different type of voices, but they won't know them if you don't verbalize them. I think that's a really important point. And I, I think that um, one of my goals and missions in the empowered women work that I do is it starts also with women to women. And I think that we really need to be use the word kind. We need to be kinder to each other because we're sisters. And I think that um, there can be great support because you're right. If a woman stands up, you know, I'm an entrepreneur, I run four companies. And, you know, sometimes being in that workforce as a woman, I'm treated quite differently than a man would. Mm -hmm. But I think as women, if we start to support each other, instead of feeling that there's a competition with each other, I think we can really change the world. We can't ask men to change it if we're turning on each other ourselves. We can't do that. Uh, yep. It's a great point. And you know what's interesting is that women in the culturally expected roles, um, teacher, mother, nurse, um, etc., cetera, um, bond very, very quickly. But when they are put in what is still culturally considered a male-dominated role, I think that sometimes they act or try to act aggressively like men rather than act like strong women. Yes, and, I agree. Right? And what that does in terms of bullying, intimidation, it certainly does the opposite of what you're suggesting, which is, I love when you looked at the stepsisters and said, hello, how about a little solidarity here? Yeah, I mean, exactly. You know, the, the point is that it doesn't have to be an all-woman conference, but in some ways, women can be strong in their voices. That's, that's what we're saying about women at the boardroom. Women really do handle risk-taking differently. They add something different. They don't have to mimic or become the caricature aggressive woman to be successful. I think that's so well said. It's absolutely brilliant. It's, it's 100% true. Well, and you having been in the workplace, um, really know it. You know what? We're, we're close to taking a break. Um, when we come back, let's continue to talk about how women, how does an empowered woman meet a, meet a man? What about this online stuff? How does an empowered woman um, reassure that her relationship stays solid if she is married or she's in a committed relationship? And then we'll go back to the workplace. You've been listening to Psych Up Live. We're here with our guest, Sandra Reese. She's the host of Straight Talk with Sandra Reese, and she's the co-author of Once Upon a Time, How Cinderella Grew Up and Became a Happy, Empowered Woman. Stay with us. We'll be right back. Streaming live. The leader in Internet talk radio, voiceamerica.com. You count. 
Tune into Inner Revolutionary Radio and join the spontaneous wave of people all over the planet who, like you, are changing our world from the inside out. Follow the movement. Meet guests who are shaking things up. Call in and gain insights and courage to empower your own voice. Large or small, your part counts. Go join us. Co-hosted by Beth Green and James Maynard, Inner Revolutionary Radio airs live every Thursday at 3 p.m. Pacific Time, 6 p.m. Eastern on the Voice America Variety Channel. Have you found the beauty inside of you? Join Bonnie Bonadeo each week for Beauty Inside and Out. We'll explain how beauty plays a part in everybody's lives. Our guests are makeup artists, hairdressers, and doctors. But we'll also feature holistic and wellness specialists and spiritual advisors. You can find that beauty inside and express it to its fullest on the outside. Tune in to Beauty Inside and Out every Thursday at 2 p.m. Pacific Time, 5 p.m. Eastern Time on the Voice America Variety Channel. Where are you getting your advice on buying, selling, or maintaining your most important asset, your home? Is it from a reality show on cable TV, a comparison website, or are you just flying by the seat of your pants and gut instinct? Stop now before you make another move. Tune into Real Real Estate Today with host and realtor Deb Tomorrow. You can't afford to play guesswork when it comes to your new or existing home. Listen every Tuesday at 3 p.m. Eastern Time, noon Pacific, on Voice America Variety. Follow us on Twitter at Voice America TRN. Get the lowdown on guests, new shows, and your favorites. That's Voice America TRN. listening to Psych Up Live. Join in our conversation today by calling Dr. Suzanne Phillips or her guest at 1-866-472-5788. That's 1-866-472-5788. You may also send an email to radiohostphillips at gmail.com. Now back to Psych Up Live. Welcome back to Psych Up Live. Welcome back. We're speaking with Sandra Reich. We're talking about Cinderella becoming empowered. And now we're going to extrapolate a little bit on that and ask, so how does an empowered Cinderella handle the singles world? Does an empowered woman scare off a man? Do men want empowered women? What have you found, Sandra? What I've found is that um, we still have, again, it's fairy tale again. We still have the idea that what's missing in us exists in someone else. And I truly believe being, you know, I had what I call romantic fantasy for many years myself. I truly believe that true love can only be found if you start with a love affair with yourself. I coined an expression called the Reach Equation, which is based on my name, which is that the love outside of you is directly proportional to the love you give yourself. And so far, I haven't seen any exceptions to the rule, meaning if you are having that love affair with yourself, uh, approaching the dating world and meeting uh, men who will respect and cherish you and love you will be no problem at all. However, if that love affair with yourself is so-so or you're waiting for someone to quote-unquote complete you, that's a very dangerous world. Someone will seem like they will, at first they will, and then the rug will get pulled out underneath you. So I completely agree, and I think um, uh, many people who've been successful in the single world would agree. Um, One thing that I think you're really talking about is healthy narcissism, Mm -hmm. and uh, 
people, I have so many men and women who actually are in, back in the dating scene. They might be baby boomers. They may be millennials. And um, one of the things, and, and you may have heard of the book, um, uh, Dad or a Love Story. And the author of that book, one of the things she said she came to, I think it's Sarah Webb, is that she kept thinking, whoever hits on me on an online dating um, a source or a program, I'll go with them. Because, Sandra, if you don't really love yourself, you'll take any attention from anyone. You won't be discerning. So it wasn't until she decided to use her mathematical skills and set up a grid that told her if the person was a an addict with sports, this person would never match with her. If it was someone who would never travel, why would she have the first date? Now, you want to be open-minded, but what she was saying is, don't I get to choose? And if I do, I'll meet someone, if I have in mind what I think works for me. And that's about what you're saying, Sandra, and that is the empowered woman knows about herself and dares to feel Someone could like someone with her values, her capabilities, her looks, you know, her interests, her favorite TV shows, etc. Yes, 100%. And I think that at the end of the day, um, when you start dating someone, another piece is that I find often, you know, we, you know, he's good looking, he's charming, he's smart, he's this, and we start, something happens, like he doesn't show up to the date, or um, he's, you know, 45 minutes late, and we want to dismiss those um, signs. And I think that mm-hmm. another line of mine is respect is not negotiable. So mm-hmm. it doesn't mean that the first sign of trouble, you have to run away, but you certainly have to take notes. Uh, because re- if you're not going to respect yourself, then what are you inviting into your life? So, you know, maybe the sports example is really like, like I have European parents. And so my parents never watched sports and I married a guy who watches a lot of sports. So this was a big stretch for me because I had never seen anyone do this. That's fine. That's, that's, we can work that out. But if it became disrespectful to the point that there was no room for me in the relationship, that is not fine. Okay, and you have to know that. So you have to know that going in because otherwise you're going to start to make deals with yourself. Like, oh, it's okay that he was 45 minutes late. It's okay they didn't call when he said he would. But when someone doesn't call when they said they would, they're showing you who they are. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. I love your mentioning of this because uh, we know that in the fairy tales, lots of times the heroine didn't read the cues and actually ends up in a disastrous situation. And I cannot tell you how many times that happens both for men and women. I want to add at this point before I I make my point about um, reading the cues that I mentioned to Sandra before that I probably see as many men as women in my practice, wonderful people, and many men these days say, I don't really want to, in so many words, be the prince who rescues someone. I don't want to be the one who just gives someone else a life. I really want the woman to have a life that she's proud of, and I'll join with that, and our lives together will be interesting. So not every prince, remember, out there is dying to be the forever rescuing person to a weak victim need to be rescued woman now the signs that you mentioned it's so important but that's exactly what happens people miss the red flags and sandra in your book when you you quote um 
Steve Harvey's book, Act Like a Lady, Think Like a Man, although it may be a little bit gender, gender skewed, I think you make the point that before you instantly become intimate with someone, dare to have the, the self-value of getting to know them better. What I've seen happen is when the intimacy or the sexual connection happens very, very quickly, women tend to, and I've seen men too, now they're working backwards. They have to legitimize that permission to be with me. And in so doing, they can't notice that he's late. They can't notice that, did he seem married? They can't notice that he canceled two weekend dates but can only make a Tuesday night they can't notice that. So I think there's something about valuing yourself that gives you time, allows you to put time into the meeting, the greeting, and who am I really with? Yeah, I, it's, it's, it's so true. And I think that um, the other piece of that, I mean, you mentioned a lot of things that were very important. So uh, first, you mentioned the fact that men don't secretly, um, you know, they don't want to carry someone. I think that at first, the dance starts like this is that, you know, and that's the third trap, the victim. Victim will attract a perpetrator and a perpetrator is attracted to a victim. So at first, the dance goes very smoothly. Right. Is that yes, the male ego or, you know, it could go other ways. You're right. It can't be always one. We can't be too gender specific. But I think at first the uh, the it starts as a rescue okay it starts as a rescue which is very heady stuff it's very nice for the ego but eventually you'll become very resentful and so the rescuer becomes a perpetrator or becomes a victim there's a whole uh, triangle that describes this and the second thing that you talked about is the fact that at the end of the day um intimacy and I, I do agree with Steve Harvey I really do you know and Steve Harvey is not a psychologist but I thought it was a brilliant book because I think he he makes a correlation between um, intimacy and when you start a job that it takes 90 days till you get benefits at a job and it's it's such a cute little analogy that he does but it is interesting that we would share um, the most intimate and special part of ourselves so quickly with someone. And then, as you know, there's this, this oxytocin, which is um, a, a, an attachment hormone that's released in women much higher levels than in men when there's intimacy. So now we're very, very attached. And as you well said, all of a sudden, it's very hard to notice that, you know, well, he's not really being that respectful, but man, that was a great night last night. So I think that we have to really, um, before oxytocin is released also when mothers nurse their babies. Mm -hmm. it, is an attachment hormone and it's released during sex okay and for men and women but at greater levels for women and I think that you know it's not that I'm a prude by no means I mean I'm older but I'm not a prude um but I feel like I don't, when I meet someone, female or male, I don't know you yet. It takes time to know someone. And I also like to tell people, have your first conflict with someone before you really know who they are. Because that's, you right. find out a lot about right. someone when you have a conflict with them. It's very, very true. Um, I, I even think in defense of men, you know, we're talking more and more about, some people describe it more and more as the myth of the hookup culture. Um, and when you look closer at the people in it or doing research in it, actually, young people, they're not crazy about just hooking up. You know, they, they are part of a generation on some of the college campuses where this is the way to do it. But when they really interviewed men, young men, 
as separately as well as young women, they said, I really want the opportunity to date or be in a relationship. So, you know, the myth about everyone just wants to get it off with someone and they don't care who that person is, it really is, is maybe more myth than reality. People feel and they are related. And if they're related, they want to know who they're with. Right. Yeah, of course. And I, and I think that that's, that's, that's great that people are starting to realize that. I think that we still have a ways to go. And, you know, I think it's nice that and important that you're leveling the playing field with men because actually I want to be very clear, and it says this in the book, I think that men can teach us a lot. Mm-hmm. I think men are much better at self-care. I learned enormously from my husband. I used to be very resentful when he would, you know, take the time for his football game or take the time for his sleep. And instead of being resentful, I learned like, my God, I need to take some time for myself too. I think men can be great teachers because they're, even my young son at five, his self-care is different than my daughter at 10. (laughs) It's interesting, yes. It starts very early and I think that they're great at that. And I don't think that, I think as women we get mad at them for that. And I think that we need to take a page, as you called healthy narcissism, not narcissism. You know, maybe my husband needs to learn sometimes to put that football game aside. But I also need to learn that there's a you, a me, and an us in this. And I need to have my own interests too. And Mm -hmm. I think that's what empowerment looks like. You know, that's what an empowered woman looks like is her relationship does not fully define her. It's icing on the cake, but you're the Mm. cake. It's great. And so let's take the, let's ask the question that so many books have raised, and that is, once a woman becomes empowered with the empowerment, that is that she, she can enter what was formerly um, male-dominant fields, um, she can have kids and work, um, she, can, she can enter athletic events, etc., that many, many women put on themselves an unbelievable amount of expectations that not only can they do it all, they should do it all, and that in trying to do it all, they really start to hit the wall because that's impossible. And so the question becomes, how does the empowered woman know that she can't possibly do it all and doesn't have to do it all to be okay or to feel valuable self-esteem? Yeah, well, I, you know, I think that, first of all, she should listen to how you just said that, because that was extremely well said. I think that, again, we've got to be, I I come back to women talking to women. So you go for coffee with women, and, you know, uh, you see mothers at the pickup at school, and there seems to be this uh, criticism of mothers who stay home, criticism of mothers who go to work. Yes, yes. I think we've got to clean that up. Okay. <laughs> it's so true. Everyone it feels complained about. Yeah, right. And the way to attack a woman is to attack her parenting because it's so core. And I think that's why we try to do it all. So if we go to work, then people look at me and they say, well, do you have time with your kids? So right, right away, there's a question put out there and that, that hurts. And vice versa, if you stay home, like, well, didn't you lose yourself over the years? So I think we have to start to be a more compassionate people in general and understand that we're all trying to do the best that we can. And again, research supports that the good enough mother is a better mother than the perfect mother, first of all. And that probably translates to being a human too, is we can't nail it all. We can't. We just well, the, the even the notion there could be a perfect mother already puts someone in a position with their children that you don't want to be in. Right. Uh, we we had one of our guests on our show, Dr. Ma- Mastin. Her book is Ordinary Magic, and what does that mean? That what children need is the magic of ordinary loving and being cared for. 
they don't they don't need you know skyscrapers and so when you say it can't be perfect it could never be perfect but children sense when you love them and when you want to be there for them and when you enjoy parenting them whether you are there nonstop or whether in fact you do other things one problem that women talk to me about is when they are trying to do it all sandy is they'll say the whole family thinks my job is my free time or my playtime. My job is not my free time. I'm right. working. So that women really also have to speak up without waiting until they're ranting, raging, or resentful about how that balance is going to take place. And I also like what you said before, because I've said to women, whether you choose to stay home, whether you choose to work, I like what you said, Sandy. Your self-esteem is the gift to your children. It doesn't matter if you're an astronaut or you're, you love being home. It's what, how you feel about doing that that matters and that makes a difference to the environment with the children. Yes, 100%. And I think that, you know, in the field of psychology in general, like when we talk about self-esteem um, and feeling worthy, um, I certainly want to, and I'm sure you agree with me, Suzanne, that we have to always remember we're born worthy. We can earn more money. We can um, get plastic surgery and maybe feel better about the way we look. There's a lot of things we can do, but actually your worth is a constant. It does not change. So if I go work and open 17 companies or um, if I, I look good or if I'm a very physically fit athlete, that's all very nice. I'll be richer. I'll be. I'll look good and I'll be faster but it was nothing but nothing to do with my worth mm-hmm. my worth was my birthright I'm always worthy so if the businesses fail and I don't look good and I get old which happens to all of us and as women that's another big challenge that we go through um, that I, I have to know that I'm always worthy my worth does not change so even in saying that we know something wonderful about your mothering because that means that you're using a growth mindset so that the child knows he doesn't need an A and he doesn't have to make the Ivy League school. He just has to be doing the best he can and enjoying it. And there's room. I mean, the whole idea, I guess, in all of this, maybe, and I want our listeners to know, we've all made the mistakes in every single aspect of our lives, all of yeah. us. Yeah. But to learn from those mistakes puts us in a wonderful position. We may have done it all wrong and fought with our spouses, and it can be re-looked at and re-examined. We may have said things to our children, we all have, that, that are ridiculous. Yeah. And, we, and we're able to learn from it. And our children, being human, will make mistakes. And how wonderful if they know we'll be curious with them of, okay, so maybe it was a different chapter that the test was on. Or, okay, so <laughs> someone else scored the goal. It's okay. But that's a really, your, your intrinsic value perspective is a wonderful one. Well, that's very kind of you to say, and I really appreciate it because I was raised by, was raised quite differently and it was very hard. You know, I'd get a 95 in school. My parents would say, where's the missing five marks? Now they had their story and I really, you know, I I adopted my, my children are adopted. And the first one I adopted at 44 for that reason, because I wanted to clean this up before I parented. Mm -hmm. And I really now, yes, I do work with my daughter and tell her all the time, one of my lines, which I believe is a mistake is not a mistake if you learn from it. Right. It's right. not a mistake. It's, it's what you just said. I love the way you talk. It's a growth experience. And thank God for those. 
Yes, you're so right. We're going to take a brief break. You've been listening to Psych Up Live. We're here with Sandra Reich, and she's been talking to us. We've been touching many topics, how Cinderella grew up and became a happy, empowered woman. We're going to bring Cinderella back to the workplace. You'll hear about uh, Sandra's couple retreats. Stay with us. The Internet's number one talk station. Number one talk station. VoiceAmerica.com Want an insider's pass to everything that goes on in Hollywood? Join Summer Helene every week for Behind the Scenes. Summer Helene is known as the Duchess of Hollywood because she knows the insiders, legends, and celebs and brings the stories, the gossip, and the backstage scoop. It's the real Hollywood, though. So this program is for adults only. Behind the Scenes can be heard live every Friday at 4 p.m. Pacific Time and 7 p.m. Eastern Time on the Voice America Variety Channel. All around the outermost rim of the shield, he set the mighty stream of the river Oceanus, creating Achilles' shield in Homer's The Iliad, Book 18. Rachel Carson in The Sea Around Us said, All at last, return to the sea, to Oceanus, the ocean river, like the ever-flowing stream of time, the beginning and the end. Moyer's Environmental Dialogues with Dr. Rob Moyer offers lively dialogue and revealing narrative inquiry into how individuals are overcoming obstacles and creating a greener and blue planet Earth. Tune in Thursdays at 3 p.m. Eastern, 12 noon Pacific on the Voice America Variety Channel. Are you or someone you know interested in attending college? With both college tuition and college enrollment up 60% since 2002, there is a lot of competition, and careful planning needs to be a part of the process. Tune in to Getting In, a College Coach Conversation, hosted by Elizabeth Heaton and featuring a team of college coach experts. We'll bring you the tips, techniques, and know-how to navigate the road to college and do so the smart way. Listen live every Thursday at 4 p.m. Eastern Time, 1 p.m. Pacific Time on the Voice America Variety Channel. Streaming live, the leader in Internet talk radio, voiceamerica.com. Listening to Psych Up Live. Join in our conversation today by calling Dr. Suzanne Phillips or her guest at 1 866 472 5788. That's 1 866 472 5788. You may also send an email to radiohostphillips at gmail.com. Now back to Psych Up Live. Welcome back to Psych Up Live. Welcome back. You're speaking with Suzanne Phillips and Sandra Reich. She's the host of Straight Talk with Sandra Reich on the Voice America channel also. And we've been having a wonderful conversation today. Sandra, I know you've done, you started, you said the preface to this book was Empowered Women's Workshops and Couple Retreats. I wondered if you could share the information about that for our listeners and give us a little glimpse of that. 
Sure. So there are two different things. One is the Empowered Women Workshops, which now have uh, become twice a year. We do it at a very special spa here in Quebec, but people come from all over the world and we do a weekend. It's at a very holistic kind of spa because we really love the idea of doing mind and body. And we talk um, about similar themes like that. what you and I are talking about. Our next mm-hmm. one is in February. It's called Life 3.0. And we talk about, um, you know, again, what does it look like and what are the exercises to get there? I mean, we're talking about being an empowered woman and people understand that, but how do you get out of those traps? How do you get out of victim, martyr, or caretaker? Not that easy. So at those intensive weekends, we actually teach that and we create what the, the participants call a sisterhood because the women arrive and they don't know what to expect. And within an hour or two, there's a safety that's been created because women have all gone through similar suffering in relationships in trying to do it all and when you create safety and women empower each other something very magical happens I don't even have time to do these workshops anymore but I'm telling you I will never quit because I get as much out of them as the participants do we do them twice a year they're amazing and someone could find out about the logistics Sandra Howe okay so that one is called you go on empoweredwomenworkshops.com empoweredwomenworkshops.com or on our Facebook page which is Empowered Women Montreal and then um, an offshoot started because the women started saying well we're learning about ourselves but what about we want to bring our partners what about our partners so I started something called Sandra Reich Couple Retreats and the same concept that I'm in my office like you are seeing patients hour after hour but the problem is I don't really find the hour enough to get into an intense new way of communicating so we go off to places like Mexico and uh, other beautiful locations. We spend three or four days in the couples and no, you don't have to share. It's not like the movie. You don't have to share with anyone else, but you learn (laughs) new strategies of how to connect and how to have that respectful love relationship, which I am still a believer in. And I feel I changed my own relationship from one that was quite difficult to one that is really the one I always dreamt of. So uh, we, we teach and we talk about the latest strategies in psychology for the biggest researchers on couples in the world and that one you can find the information on helpforanxietydepression.com which is my main website or again on Facebook there is a Facebook called Sandra Reich R-E-I-C-H Couple Retreats Terrific you know let's pick right up on what you said because the couple who goes to a retreat or the couple who marks out time for themselves is the couple that has a better shot at really having a good relationship. I think if we want to talk about empowered men and empowered women, we can talk about them empowering each other. And one of the things every couple, when they're so busy to, 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 to breathe, often they often forget each other as a couple. And so having also done retreats with couples, I would say these are golden moments. But it even if it means you always see a show together in your own home on Thursday night, even if it means you really share what's going on in your work world and take advice from each other. I think couples can empower each other. I'd mentioned to Sandra that um, one of the things we see when we look at the workplace, Women Making Decisions, Therese Houston's book, is that we need men and women in the workplace because they empower each other differently. Men can teach us a lot about risk-taking, 
going forward, having vision, and women are wonderful at empathic attunement, collaboration, and an interesting thing that she mentioned that women do is men will say, I have a brilliant idea. Women who really have sometimes are expected more of them in the workplace will say, the research shows, because they've spent five hours preparing their PowerPoint, but that combination is not too bad. And when we put men and women together, um, and even same-sex couples, because people can have different um, talents, we generally improve families and we improve the workplace because we really need different perspectives. Um, They say in a tribe, you need one leader who tells people, literally, you're going to survive by cutting up this meat and work, and you need the other, more attuned leader who says, don't worry, we're going to get out of this together. Those are two different leaders, but those are also very very similar to male-female gender stereotypes, which really have some merit to them. Yeah, and uh, I mean, there's so much in what you say. It's so rich. Um, with I mean, you're spreading such an important message. I mean, firstly, you're saying that um, one thing that I really believe that there's skill sets to get, and I think that we don't get a manual on the workplace. We don't get a manual on how to be a good parent. We don't get a manual on how to have a love relationship. We don't get a manual on how to have good self-esteem. So yeah, that's again why these all these retreats that do take me away from my family. Why they got born is because it's very exciting to see when people get the skills what can happen mm-hmm. um, so I'll come back to that in a moment but your second point about the fact the dynamic of there's two different styles there can be male and female styles if we're going to put it in genders and you know sometimes different different people have different styles but the abilities together can be magical and so mm-hmm. that collaboration is what you're talking about so what you're talking about and what I'm talking about at the retreats are very similar mm-hmm. because mm-hmm. Again, instead of instead of like battling against two different styles and trying to make the other be like you, why don't we embrace, and that's what you're saying, embrace yes. our differences and work collaboratively. And oh my God, when that starts to happen, you literally see people like magic and results are, you know, if we're talking workforce, results will go through the roof. If you're yes. talking in a couple, your marriage will go from a battlefield to a to like a, a wonderful, wonderful partnership. I, I really, I think it's such an important message you're sending. So thank you for saying that about the workforce. I think it's so important. And, and I'm so glad that you're doing this kind of work and letting people know about it as well so that they can get that help. And I, I do want to add, if I may, that if all my websites got lost in this whole blur of things we're talking about and this interests you, please do call us at 514-777-4530 if you need more information on this. And I'm guessing they can call you too if they want to know more about what you're doing. Yes, and always email me at radiohostphillips at gmail.com. So what take-home message, Sandra, would you send out there to our many male and female listeners? Well, you know, it's interesting because I've been very inspired talking to you. You're a very empowered woman. There's absolutely no question. And we have not met, uh, but I'd like to meet. Um, and so and it's, it's quite clear in your message. So one of the things is my point is that in, list, in doing this radio show with you, I've been inspired. There's things that you've said that have inspired me. So I do think that one of the take-home messages is knowledge is power. So, um, you know, I always believe go to the smartest kid in the class and learn from them. And I still live by that. And Suzanne 
just might be the smartest kid in the class. Uh, so you want to listen to her show. And I'm very excited. She's coming on mine later, which we'll talk about in a minute. So one of the one of the messages, knowledge is power, read, learn, speak to other people who have lived through the situation. And remember this idea that love outside of you is proportional to the love you give yourself. So start now. What does a love relationship with yourself look like? How would I know that you were having a love relationship with yourself? Show me. Would you sit down and put nice china out and court yourself and have a nice dinner with yourself? Do you do that? Do you take time for yourself? These are things if you want love around you in your life, and if it's not only romantic love, what about your kids? What message are we sending our kids if we're self sacrificing? It starts and ends with you. It's terrific. It's a wonderful message. So, as Sandra says, this is actually the first part of a two part conversation because we began to think, okay, So what happens if Cinderella and the prince are married for 20 years and Cinderella has an affair or the prince has an affair? Tonight on Sandra's show, we're going to answer the question, why do married men and women have affairs? I think it's something that you'll find very, very interesting. And you'll see how it relates to the question of empowerment and what doesn't get said in a marriage what doesn't start to happen in a marriage, whether that marriage is two years old or whether people have been married for 20 years. So be sure to tune in to Sandra's show tonight. We're even going to try to stream this visually live. So join us for the adventure. I want to thank you, Sandra. This is a wonderful show, and I look forward to speaking to you later. Oh, I want to thank you so much. And I just want to let your listeners know that it's at 6 p.m. Eastern today or 3 p.m. Pacific. And yes, we will stream it on the Straight Talk Sandra Reich Facebook. So if you want to watch visually, that's where we're going to put it. If not, just on Voice America or you can go to www.straighttalksandrareich.com. Okay, terrific. Um, Thanks out there to all our listeners. Remember that you can hear this and any prior show as a podcast on my host site, my website, on the podcast app of your iPhone, on iTunes, under Psych Up Live. Remember to drop me a comment or question at radiohostphillips at gmail.com. Until next week, please take care, thanks, and be listening. Thank you for tuning in to Psych Up Live. Please join Dr. Suzanne Phillips for another edition of our programming next Thursday at 11 a.m. Pacific Time, 2 p.m. Eastern Time on the Voice America Variety Channel. We'll talk more next week. again for listening to the preceding program brought to you on the voice america variety channel for more information about our network and to check out additional show hosts and topics of interest please visit VoiceAmericaVariety.com. the voice america talk radio network is the worldwide leader in live internet talk radio visit VoiceAmerica.com. the views and ideas expressed on the preceding program are strictly those of the host or guests and do not necessarily reflect the views and ideas held by the voice america talk radio network it's staff and management.